What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. Get an inside look at Hollywood with Michael Rosenbaum. Let's get inside of my buddy, Kumal Nanjiani. When you talk about Eternals and it wasn't the response that you were hoping, how did that affect you? Marvel thought that we'd be going on a wave of raves, you know, and it wasn't true. The reviews were really bad. And you were aware of it while you were on tour? Yeah, I was too aware of it. And so very intentionally, I did start counseling. Emily says that I do have trauma from it. Inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum. Wherever you listen. Get an inside look at Hollywood with Michael Rosenbaum. Let's get inside of my buddy, Kumal Nanjiani. When you talk about Eternals and it wasn't the response that you were hoping, how did that affect you? Marvel thought that we'd be going on a wave of raves, you know, and it wasn't true. The reviews were really bad. And you were aware of it while you were on tour? Yeah, I was too aware of it. And so very intentionally, I did start counseling. Emily says that I do have trauma from it. Inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum. Wherever you listen. All righty, let's do this thing. Justin Dyer bringing you the show this hour. Man, he's up there at the uh, at the Lake Homes Realty up on Smith Lake, and the weather's just kind of making you want to get out there on the lake in the boat or whatever, isn't it? We're about to almost summer-like by the end of the week this week, so it's coming fast. If you've always wanted your own little piece of paradise, and I, I really do, I think Smith is so different than the other lakes here. It's just something tranquil it's one of the cleanest lakes in the country just beautiful up there if you're like me and you love it uh get in touch with justin if you've got your eye on some property i was looking through his site the other day so many so many things available right now some great options both in price and location on smith and these opportunities really don't sit around long things move relatively quickly on the lake it's just such a hot market but Justin is the leading uh, real estate agency up there and has been for years. He just knows his stuff and gets it done. His name's Justin Dyer. That's his website, D-Y-A-R. You'll see his name on signs all over that lake. And uh, a good guy, just a good guy, a good communicator, and, and, and one of the best agents I've ever seen work in real estate. Justin Dyer and Lake Combs Realty, the whole team there, really. Uh, it's justindyer.com, D-Y-A-R, justindyer.com. All right, let me get to this uh, fundraising story, and this is a little off the beaten path because there's so much going on in the world today, you know, World War III and all, uh, but and, and potential industrial sabotage that we're worried about around the country right now. By the way, the Dow is taking a dump. Uh, it dropped uh, 696 points. I don't know what that's about. I'll have to dig into that. I think it's uh, all this global tension in the Russians and all the unease going on in the world right now. Uh, but I've got a good buddy of mine. We work together in politics. He's he's a former journalist as well, and an actual journalist back in the day when people used to dig and spend hours going through documents and stitching together facts and trying to present a case or at least a story. Um, and you just don't see as much of that anymore. I mean, there's some uh, people, as far as political uh, systems go, they, they covered the esoteric stuff, the name-calling contest, the nastiness of the campaign ads. Uh, you know, the superficial stuff. But who pays for all that stuff? Y'all, I've maintained to you for a long time, having seen it firsthand, that our political system 
Uh, it's not just the overt corruption, like Joe Biden's family uh, taking money from foreign interest, running it through third-party uh, entities and, and banking it uh, so that we sell influence. But that, that dirty system, in my estimation, starts with a, an actual legal system that is a softer corruption. But this is where the corruption begins in all of politics. It begins in the campaign fundraising world. It just does. Now, let me clarify. I don't think that all campaign donations are dirty, and I don't think all candidates that have to ask for money are dirty. It's, it is, unfortunately, part of the system. But when it gets into some of the bigger money and the other interests that are out there in the world, it is a widely known fact because I've had them tell me to my face, even yeah, even when I was in active politics, a lot of these fat cats and pack organizers and others are just buying influence through the legal system of campaign donations. Um, and, and they know exactly what they're doing. And, and I can tell you, uh, politicians respond to that. If somebody wrote you a $25,000 check, you remember it. You don't remember the grandma that sent you 50 bucks through your mail uh, campaign begging for money. But you do remember the $25,000 PAC donation or donation from an individual in, in the case of Alabama, you remember. And when they call your office, when you're in office, you answer that phone. Somebody on your staff takes care of them. It's how the system works. Is that dirty? Yeah. Is it corrupt? I think so. It separates regular people from these people that claim to represent our interests. Okay, it's just most of that's philosophical. I'm about to dig into the story now. Pepper Breyers is an old friend of mine, and I'm not trying to promote his substack. He just has done some good work here. He did this prior to the Senate race, digging into where did all that money come from, particularly with the Katie Britt campaign. She's now our senator. She's one of the two Republicans, but got elected in the most, um, I guess, conventional and unconventional way I've ever seen. Conventional in that money won the day. Unconventional in that here's a person who, outside the political realm, was widely unknown to most Alabamians. Uh, but beat a well-known uh, firebrand congressman and a war hero and beat them by beating them over the head with piles of cash. And I'm just mentioning them. I know there were others in the race, um, but at the end, this was who was who was in that race. And that's when the millions started pouring in to get her into that office. So, I've maintained to the audience that that seat was bought. It's pretty obvious. A handful of individuals funneled money through a lot of PACs to give all the resources. I've never seen a more funded campaign in my life than that campaign. Um, I've never seen that much money swimming around. I've never seen that much media purchase, that many billboards, that much mail. It was insane. But every uh, seat in the Senate counts. And there are a lot of interests outside of Alabama that are interested in, in uh, seats like that. And they came in here, parachuted in the money, and bought a seat. Now, uh, th this is not a knock on Katie Britt personally because I don't know her at all. But I know the system is nasty and it's corrupt. This is what Pepper presents to us, having set all that up in a story that he put on his Substack today. And I guess you can find it, just Google around with J. Pepper Briars if you want to read it yourself. Uh, you may have to subscribe. I don't even know how that works. I just know he sent me a copy of it. Uh, but he's dug around. You remember the FTX scandal? Uh, this Sam Bankman fraud <laughs> that ripped off those people to the tune of billions. These 20 and 30-somethings ripped off investors 
all over the world, celebrities, regular people, in this fever that was cryptocurrency and this cryptocurrency exchange that has now crashed and is dragging down other currencies with it. When the story first broke, it seemed to be on the Democrats, uh, that the Democrats were the ones that got a, the bulk of the money from this corrupt uh, sort of Ponzi scheme that these people were running. Now, this guy's now in legal trouble. Some of his executives are in legal trouble. Uh, the financial community is embarrassed that somebody uh, was able to commit fraud on this level. But there's a political uh, angle to that story that's just as big, and it's that what are these politicians going to do that took what is in excess of $56 million from this fraudulent operation? And I'm here to tell you it's not just Democrats. My boy Pepper has traced $2.2 million that was swindled from FTX and went straight to the Katie Britt campaign. He's got it nailed down. They What they do, and it's typical. Again, it's all legal. Is it dirty? Hell yeah, it's dirty. Uh, it's, what makes a, it's what makes politicians so detestable a- and the people that, that help them do this stuff. They set up fake addresses with multiple packs, the same address. In this case, there was one listed on 3rd Avenue North Suite 211 uh, here in Birmingham where they set up all these fake packs and run the money through there. They'll make these political-sounding businesses, but it's usually, and they'll name a treasurer on the, the filing with the FEC, and it's just a pass-through for them to dump money into. And he has gone through and shown how a lot of – there was a super PAC called the American Dream Federal Action. Uh, they dumped – they had $15 million, and a huge percent of it uh, was dumped right over into the Brit campaign. So did she know this? I'm not saying that. Did they understand the the impact of an FTX scandal? Probably not. It hadn't broken yet. But it just shows you how corrupt the system is. In this case, what he's demonstrated with this article is corrupt money uh, built out of investors through fraud. Who These people lost everything and will never be able to recover it. Was dumped into our political system to buy influence and freed himself, said repeatedly, yeah, you got to pay these people to keep them off your back. He was greasing the skids with our politicians. It shows what people who operate on that level think of the average politician. They're just somebody to be paid for and and either shoved aside or influenced. And so they dump millions. Who else gives a damn about who else would be in a crypto world would care about a Senate seat in Alabama or Katie Britt in particular? Nobody. They just need to pick that seat off. It's all interconnected. Shelby had his operation running, and they were siphoning money off everything that would dump in here, and that probably paid for a lot of those nasty attack ads on Mo Brooks and Mike Durant and the others. Um, it, it At least $2 million of that war chest came from FTX. That's a huge percentage of the overall war chest that the Brit campaign had, if you ask me. I think it was around $25 million. I'm not sure what she wound up spending, what her campaign wound up spending, but they got, through the PAC system, $2.2 million uh, to bolster that campaign to commit and what I do hold the BRIC campaign accountable for is the fraud they committed with their advertising campaign and the things they said, the out-of-context way they campaigned. It was just dishonest. So think about the layers here. You've got dishonest money built out of investors from a dishonest FTX that was defrauding people all over the world that dumped money into a dishonest pack laundering system that had phony addresses, phony names, phony representation, and moved it over to a political campaign for U.S. Senate 
that created dishonest ads to attack pretty good people and smear their reputations and run them out of the race so the seat could be controlled by these big money people. Is that not as plain as I can put it? Fundraising scandals are largely ignored by the public. I've had to swallow that knowledge for years. You raise hell about it. Their opponents in different campaigns will raise hell about it. Uh, People, there's a default assumption on the part of the public based on my own experience and just observing over the years that all these people are corrupt and it just sounds like noise. It sounds like Charlie Brown's teacher when you start trying to explain where the money went. I, when Pepper wrote the original piece on the other money transfers, not a single mainstream journalist picked up on it. And I know some of y'all are listening. I know there's AL.com people listening. I know my TV brothers and sisters over there at these TV stations are listening. Somebody else uh, with a bigger platform than Pepper's Substack ought to be doing this homework. I, I talked to him about it. I said, why do you think more journalists don't um, do this? We were having a back and forth when he was pulling this piece together. He said they're just being lazy. He said it took him four clicks of a mouse to connect one dot to the other, and it paints a picture of our whole system. This isn't in, an indictment of just one sitting senator. It's an indictment of the entire system. So now the question becomes, will Britt give that money back? And if she does, does it matter? Because think about it. She's already gotten elected with it. She already, It's had its use. They can go out with her being on the Appropriations Committee and pull a Richard Shelby and raise $2 million in a month. She's on a powerful committee. It's the same thing Shelby did to enrich himself. She's on a powerful committee that draws campaign contributions, and she'll be able to have all the resources she needs to hold that seat against all comers for years to come and can raise $2 million and give it back and look sanctimonious or look um, like they're taking the high road. But the effect of it has already been played on some dupes here in the state in a super low turnout election that dictated a Senate seat that will be there for 30 years. This person will be in that seat for decades because of the money system. And it's there's something fundamentally wrong about it. Is it illegal? I'm not even a – Pepper doesn't allege that. I'm not alleging that. But is this why we don't trust government anymore? Is this why those people seem so dishonest on TV when we hear them yapping on Fox News and posing in photo ops at the border and all this stuff? Yep, this is it. This is how it starts. That is how it starts. If you get dishonest campaigns lead to dishonest uh, politicians. Dishonest fundraising leads to dishonest messaging. None of it is legit or real, and none of these people – from the founder of FTX to all of them, everybody that passed those dollars through, everybody that created the ads, uh, everybody on those teams, they don't give a damn about you. You are the citizens of East Palestine. You can't get no satisfaction. You're just some rabble-rouser to be influenced with millions of dollars at the next election with some TV ads because y'all are a bunch of dupes and you'll buy it. We got to do better than that as voters. We have to be more sophisticated than that as voters. If we could just get somebody to cover it. Danny Knowles is at the Knowles Group. Let me talk about somebody I think is honest. That's my boy Danny. And I just say that because I have known him his entire life. There's few people that I can point to that I've known and watched their career like I have his. And some of us that all grew up together. Um, it, we grew up in a very humble town, very small town. You had to go out in the world and fight for it if you were going to make something out of yourself, and Danny sure did. He got wildly successful and 
very smart in terms of uh, financial advising and coaching and counseling. And he's built a heck of a practice, uh, worked all over the country for some big firms, but came to Birmingham, set up his own shop. And he is helping so many people in this audience um, navigate the markets. Today, we just had this huge drop. That would freak me out. I'd probably sell everything. That might be a mistake. You need professional advice in this environment, so get it. Get it from somebody that will sit down with you face-to-face. He's right here with us and is happy to help, no matter how much you have. He, he doesn't hi-hat people that haven't saved up a lot of money yet. If you're just starting out or starting over, let Danny help. Danny Knowles is with the KnowlesGroup.com, N-O-L-E-S, the KnowlesGroup.com. With all this warm weather, there is a tornado warning in New Jersey right now. That's just something you don't see a lot. Crazy weather this spring with uh, 22 states about to get a blizzard, and we're going to be in the 80s. How about that? And a tornado warning in New Jersey. Speaking of the weather, it's time to get that air conditioner serviced. If you need to do that, and you do, get KS Services to come over and do it for you. They're just tops at what they do. They've been my heating and air company for, I guess, 13 years now since we started the show taking care of everything I've needed from the regular service work to emergencies and repairs and all that stuff, new installs. They've got financing and extended warranties. If you need a new install with those Bryant systems, KS Services, 322-9090, or online at callks.com, license number 11120. I'll get back in here and let's do this thing. Hey, later in the month, I'm going to be down at Cahaba Tractor. I'm excited about that one. That's going to be fun uh, at the RV show on Friday. Um, listen, I'm a Kubota guy. <laughs> I am. I bought a Kubota tractor. I, ne- I needed one for my property. I do a lot of tree work and some gravel work and some things like that. I don't do a lot of bush hogging. I've got a very sort of treed property, constantly something that has to be lifted or pushed or pulled or holes to be dug or whatever. And that tractor has been amazing. I did so much stuff with it last summer. I'm a fan. That thing has always cranked and done everything I've asked it to do. I also love my zero turn. And right now they've got the, as we get toward the spring cutting season, here we go. Kubota has a Z400 class leading lawnmower that you got to check out. It leads uh, its class in speed, 
agility, this powerful transmission, real easy deck adjustments. Um, I mean, it is comfortable. It's convenient. Go look at one down at Cahaba Tractor Company and, and let them show you around. Uh, it's the Kubota Z400. They got several things you want to look at. It's like a toy store to me, and I can't wait to go try it out. AJ, can you let me test drive all the tractors? Of I'm course. I'm one of the big ones with a cab on it. I oh, yeah. I, I just got to open air when I – maybe I need to get a cab with some air conditioning. <laughs> it's going to get hot. It's Cahaba Tractor Company. Y'all know they're over in Pelham. You can check them out online at cahabatractor.com or kubotausa.com in addition to that. Uh, for all the Kubota information. Good good folks down there, Dale and the whole team, and, and looking forward to doing our show down there and having a good time. Y'all come and see us. Uh, we'll get you a date on that soon. It's toward the end of the month. Um, all right, they're trying to decide. Do I wanna, Let me just go with this. This caught my interest during the break, and it sort of supersedes what else I was about to talk about. I was about to go back to the uh, East uh, Palestine story. Well, I'll just give you the headline on that. The EPA is now pointing their finger at the fire chief of the community as the one who gave the order to light the fire that put up the toxic cloud. So you now have the federal government pointing fingers at the local government for mismanaging the situation. Now, why would they do that? Because there's a situation. Um, There's a terrible situation, and now it's a blame-shifting contest because I think even these officials at EPA and some of the testing agencies and Norfolk Southern know that there are going to be long-term consequences to what they've done and what they did do and what they didn't do in this whole episode, it, all the way from why the train wrecked and was designed the way it was and stacked the way it was, down to how the fire was agreed to be set, how the containment went, the evacuation, the sending them back in, the testing, all that is just wrought with difficulty. And now you got the finger pointing that's finally started. And that's how we find out the truth. It's usually, it's just like when you break up the mafia when a cop wants to break up a a gang of thieves, man. They got to get one of them to crack, one of them to start pointing the finger at the other. You need a stool pigeon, and that sometimes can happen when it comes to government too. When they're all on the same page, something's going wrong. All right, I got to flip to this story. I really want to get this in real quick. Do you remember the case of this young woman that was kidnapped, this little girl that was kidnapped years ago, and her name was Madeline McCann. She's a beautiful little girl. It became an international mystery. She had this funny feature in one of her eyes. She had this brown speck. You remember that story, AJ? Yes. Sweet little face. Anybody's had ever, ever had a child, and your child's young enough that it just with your worst nightmares that they go missing. It just is. It's it, that there's something ever any harm ever comes to your child. So I think the world's heart broke when this story got out, and there were all this uh, all this finger pointing and, and and people trying to sleuth this case to figure out what happened. She was three years old. Do y'all remember the case that her family was on vacation in Portugal? And her mom got up in the middle of the night to check on the kids, and Madeline was gone. She was asleep, and then she was gone. And the only accounts they had from back then were that some people thought they saw a man carrying a child in the middle of the night. Yeah, they thought it was some uh, German uh, child predator. Yes. Well, now a woman has come forward. And she says she's Madeline McCann. She's in Poland. Have you seen this? This is crazy. I, I did see the story, and uh, I know they're talking about doing a DNA test with this one girl. But yeah, um, and her story is interesting because I think uh, the girl either will be twenty one now, because I think one girl's yeah, nineteen. 21. Yeah, she's the 21. girl's twenty one, and uh, Madeline's supposed to be nineteen. So there's like this age difference. But the story about the girl 
is interesting because she's like, well, there's no pictures of her as a kid, and there's all this other crazy stuff. So it's just, yeah, it's pretty interesting. I just told y'all the whole story. <laughs> uh, I ain't tell you everything. Right. I ain't well, say anyway, everything. The girl's name is difficult to pronounce because it's a Polish name. Is uh, Faust Faustiana? Faustiana. We're gonna go with that. Mm, sounds like false. And uh, she's <laughs> Faustiana, and she's 21. And she started posting on the internet uh, that she's got these vague childhood memories. As AJ said, she doesn't have any childhood photos. She believes she was molested by. Uh, she remembers she has horrible memories that she doesn't want to write details about about being abused by a German man. And the most distinct thing is she's got the same eye feature, and her face looks hauntingly familiar. She's got the same little eye feature in her eye on the same eye as Madeline McCann had. And she's close enough to the age range. I mean, she may think she's 21. She may be younger than that because she doesn't have a lot. of. Well, now the parents of Madeline McCann, at least to clear this story, if it is their daughter, they need to know. If it's not, they need to get this story off the Internet because it's constantly on the Internet. And the, gir- the girl just got the saddest look in her eyes. She's had a hard life. Uh, and that those eyes are unmistakable. It's, it's crazy. And I know it's it's not – it's a rare condition, but it is a condition that people sometimes have, and it could be a lot of people with, you know, a little speck or a different discoloration in your iris. Uh, but the McCann family has agreed to go and have a DNA test to see if this is her. Now, I don't know how long that takes or how quickly they can do it or what it's going to amount to, but don't you in your heart of hearts kind of hope it is that this family can find their daughter and this girl can get some peace or whatever's happening in her life? But I just don't know. Yeah. Don't know. Maybe they need to go to, like, a Maury or one of these paternity court shows because they seem to get the paternity test, like, right away. They get them in an episode. Yes. In 30 minutes, this guy knows he's the baby daddy. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Yeah, I guess it wouldn't take too long because you've got a – especially a match that strong would – you know, parent and child match would be the strongest. And and it is a reminder to – you know, this became a thing when mine – now, mine are in in their early 30s now, but – um. When they were small, and have y'all done this, AJ? We had their fingerprints done. There were a lot of child abductions in the early 90s. And I'm starting to see another wave of that in the news. This story just brings about that subject. Uh, there are child abduction attempts happening in this country that are frightening, and and people are grabbing them out of buggies at Walmarts and at gas stations. And, you know, there, there are all these heinous stories about rings of people that are uh, trafficking in, in these children that are abducted. And so one of the things that we were encouraged to do, and a lot of parents did back then, was have your kid fingerprinted. I mean, it didn't even put them in a system back then, but what it did do was, uh, if I remember right, you just you could keep the fingerprint card so you had some privacy, but you had a physical fingerprint card just in case there was ever an incident when your child's fingerprints needed to be on record. I would presume, and some of you parents with younger kids would know this, that there's some DNA service right now where you could have uh, you know, the DNA profile done and recorded somewhere. Now, some people out of, again, privacy might not want to do that. But every bit of information you can have about your child in this crazy environment is going to be helpful to authorities. Uh, full descriptions, detailed photographs, any of this evidence could help uh, clear a case or find your child one day if something were to ever happen. I think this is just one of those cases that reminds us to be a little bit proactive in that. Now, it's a terrible subject. Nobody wants to think about it. But, it, I mean, it used to be 
when, when my oldest was born, I remember his mom being obsessed with me observing everything about him in the hospital uh, so that he had any identifiable features, brand new baby. Because back then, there had been some mixed up kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only two kids born that night was African American and my son, so I think we were straight. My dad made a joke. I'll tell y'all later. <laughs> uh, but but you, there were cases of that all over the country, and and nurses just walking off with kids, people sneaking into maternity wards and snatching kids right out of the hospital. Mm-hmm. Hospitals came up with better safety protocols, and they locked down these maternity wards and all that. But times are uh, times are always dangerous, and there are creepy people everywhere. Well, it, it is, and um, I had a little moment with Marshall. I was uh, in one of these uh, grocery stores, and you know he was he wanted to get down, so I put him down. You know, I mean, he's not even two yet, so I'm like, hey, make sure you stay right next to me. As soon as I put him down, boom, boom he was gone. Mm. And I, I'm I, and I'm like, wow, I can see how quickly I can lose sight of him um, if mm. if I wasn't. Moving as fast, or I, I I put him down and I get distracted or whatever. It, it, he he moves so quick, so fast, and by the time I hit the corner, he was already close to uh, the end of the aisle, about to make a turn. I I had to hurry up and, and catch him. <laughs> if he'd have gone around the corner, I mean that's a nightmare. It is. Did the, the parents put those tags, the GPS tags, on their kids now? I don't know, but I'm gonna have to know. do that. I'm just saying they got them for dogs. Mm-hmm. Would you not put one on your kid? I mean, they used to. They used to have kids like at Disney on a leash. You ever seen those things? Yeah, Where you yeah. Tie, tie them to you so they can't get too far. I, and I used to, you know, I ain't gonna lie. I used to, I used to laugh. I'm like, why you got your kid on the leash? Now I'm like, hey, yeah, you're like, where's the leash? <laughs> Where can I get one? Where can I? Is there a taser on one end of it? Because I think the worst butt whipping I ever got in my entire life was when I hid from my mama in a Kmart one time. You ever pull the get? In I, the, I did get in the circular clothes I did. rack. We, I did. I, I hid in the shirts, man. She was looking for me all over that store. I thought I was cute. Yeah, yeah. She beat my, you know. Yeah, I, I did. I did that, and then also I knocked over a mannequin too, one of them big ones, and, in the middle of the store. And uh, yeah, yeah, not that a, was fun. Not a plus size mannequin, but like a whole one with the head on. Yeah, it, and yeah, the hands. yeah. You know, they started cutting the head and the hands off of them. Yeah, yeah. Whereas now they're cutting everything off of them because you can't, <laughs> you can't have a gender. Mannequins don't have boobs anymore. It's just a box with a shirt on it, which actually looks more lifelike than the old mannequins that were kind of sexy. It's just like a big old round, you know, sock full of goo and a sweater. Oh, man, we got to get over to the break. Southern Skies Dermatology, also a big sponsor tonight. Appreciate those guys over there helping people fight off skin cancer. Man, nobody wants to hear the word that you've got any form of cancer. So I think it makes people hesitant to go get checked because you're just kind of afraid of finding out. But that's one of the worst mistakes you can make when it comes to any kind of proactive measure you would take. So I'm encouraging you, get the prostate checks, fellas. Get the breast exams, ladies. Uh, I'm talking to traditional men and women. Some of you people are confused are going to not understand this message. All of us should do colorectal checks at certain periods in life. Make sure you're good. Uh, And uh, when it comes to skin cancer, we're all vulnerable. Every skin type, almost every age. And um, Southern Skies Dermatology is just dedicated 100% to that subject. This is what they do is find and remove skin cancer, and they do it so well. And I'm telling you, they have uh, a new clinic that's uh, going to be, they're going to be starting to run over in the Oxford area pretty soon. Um, and we'll be giving you details on that. Probably by next week, I'll have all the details. So Southern Skies is now spreading over to the Oxford community, which is wonderful. 
Uh, y'all go see them. Get checked. Get that baseline. Make sure you're good to go because prevention's everything. And this is one of the easiest cancers to treat when you find it early. You just get it removed and it's gone. SouthernSkiesDermatology.com. Get that checked. SouthernSkiesDermatology.com. Leland Love, Tornado M5 Work Trucks, bringing you the show tonight. They're downtown Birmingham selling those commercial vehicles, business vehicles. Get it done at the job kind of vehicles. Big old trucks, box trucks, and pickup trucks of every shape and size. All kinds of vans, passenger vans, too. You just need to move some people. They've got those 15 passenger vans, cargo vans, tool vans, flatbeds, financing, extended warranties. It's the whole package. And a lot of it is the Southeast's biggest dealer. Downtown Birmingham, 3rd Avenue South. Work Trucks, T-R-U-X, when you spell it. WorkTrucksLLC.com, WorkTrucksLLC.com. Here's Tammy. What's up, Tammy? Hey, how are you doing? I'm well. I was going to tell you a story, a lease story about two boys. Okay. Uh, Michael and Daniel, I always have a piece by my side. My boys happen to be named Michael and Daniel. Michael Tammy sounds like she's running from the phone and then coming back to the phone. Are you jogging in place right no. now, Tammy? Something's weird no. with your phone. Let's see if we can. You don't speak or anything I'm like that? I'm moving. I'm oh, slow okay. down. And uh, um, Michael's a good good kid. I, take, I could take him out of the car, set him down right there and say, all right, stay right here with me and I'll get your brother out of the car. I go around and get the other one. Year younger, but when he got about two, I found myself running uphill on the driveway toward a two lane highway with semi trucks coming toward it. And as soon as his feet hit the ground, he started running. I had to try to catch up with him. So uh, that was even before Pet Cemetery came out. And I won't even read, but. Uh, I, I went and got him a leash the next day because he's... Time he down, was, man. Got to put one on him. He, he was running, Tammy, when, I think, when he was born, and he's still some, some kids have wheels on <laughs> Hey, Tammy, your phone connection's a little weird, so we're going to move on to the next call. Hey, Jay, Stephen King wrote Pet Cemetery, right? Didn't yes. He? I, I'm going to call him tonight. I'm going to call Stephen and say, hey, man, write a, write a horror story about a talk show host that has to deal with bad telephone connections. <laughs> Hey, Tom, what you got? Go, man. All right. My my brothers are 10 years older than me. Like, they're 77. So in 1948 uh, or 50, my, they were twins, right? And the first kids my mama had. Daddy was at work and had the only car, but we lived in a really small town, Linden. And... But she had to put them on a leash just to keep them up to, so she could walk to the market and buy groceries. And she, if they were acting up, she would tie one on to the post and 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 then spank the other one. God bless. That story had a happy ending, didn't it? I like that, Tom. <laughs> on time and a nice happy ending that made us all smile. Here's the news. 
Hey, everybody. This is Dan Bespris, host of Fantasy NBA Today, a daily fantasy basketball podcast. We cover every box score from every game every day. Plus bonus shows on buy low opportunities, players to stash, schedule analysis, and really anything you could need to smash your league into deliciously tiny pieces. Catch the Fantasy NBA Today podcast, part of the Believe Network, on YouTube or wherever you listen. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. Scott Grimes is here Thank with you. us. Voiceover, that is like my dream job. I think I just have too distinctive a voice and I can't manipulate it. so why I'm right. not a good singer. This is how great Seth MacFarlane is. I went in to do it and I was talking like this and he goes, good, now just get rid of the neck thing that you just did because it's one, it's ugly. And then I just came out like this and came up with this guy named Steve Smith who has a tiny little lisp, but so does Scott Grimes, so it's perfect. What women binge wherever you listen. Hey, everybody. This is Dan Bespris, host of Fantasy NBA Today, a daily fantasy basketball podcast. We cover every box score from every game every day, plus bonus shows on buy low opportunities, players to stash, schedule analysis, and really anything you could need to smash your league into deliciously tiny pieces. Catch the Fantasy NBA Today podcast, part of the Believe Network, on YouTube or wherever you listen.